All right, thanks, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Toll free on numbers 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Linda has been making fun of me because I have, and by the way, do not take this as any financial advice whatsoever. I'm not the expert. I'm a novice. I, I have two friends of mine that are just obsessed with cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin and Ethereum, et cetera, et cetera. They have been working on me on this topic forever. And finally, last week, I said, yeah, all right. You know, they explain the ups and downs and volatility and this and that. I just dipped my toes in a little bit. Um, and, you know, my recommendation is don't bet any money that you, 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 you want or can't afford to lose. Uh, is what I would tell anybody off the top of my head. I'm not an expert, but why do you make fun? Why is this like, why the fact that I'm into this and that I have so many long hours and hours of discussion about it, does that, is that surprise you because you act like I'm, I've become a lunatic or something? Well, what are you into about it? What do you like about it? I just, it's, it's just interesting because everybody tries to figure it out. And I look, we understand what a cryptocurrency is. It's a currency. It's a different form of currency. It's not government based. It's separate and apart. There is only they'll only be mining a finite number of, in this case, bitcoins. And and you can use it to to pay people, you know, for example, when the when the dollar and inflation was through the roof in Venezuela, people weren't allowed legally, but they were all using cryptocurrency. And it is for some a hedge against inflation, stagflation, things that they see. Yeah, you know, and 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 then you listen to the analysis, then you look at the past trends, you watch the growth of this. People have been telling me about this for years, but everybody that was for the most part telling me about it was always smart, but a little crazy. So I kind of like, okay, because I, I, I like crazy people. I really do. A lot of my friends are nuts. But, but, and then a lot of them are brilliant on the other hand. But you know the two friends of mine that I'm talking about. Both of them are, are really, really great engineers. One's also an mm-hmm. inventor, an incredible inventor. Uh, even even won a massive award for his invent, one of his inventions. The other's a, a you know, scholarly attorney, and and they just, they, I mean, that's all we ever talk about now. That's all that we've been talking about for the last six months. And well, listen, I, just, I have some, um, I have some monopoly money, and I got boardwalk <laughs> and uh, uh, you get place for sale. Coin. You know, now that you know, you're saying, now that they're like, now that you dipped, you dipped into the the crypto market and Bitcoin, you need to put laser eyes on your Twitter handle and your. And on your website, and I'm like, you mean like Tom Brady, Paris Hilton, Elon Musk, et cetera. Now, some smart people really, really making some amazing analysis on this. But we'll, do, we'll deal with this another day. I'll, you know what I'm going to do? There are people that can explain it better than me. Now, I can explain it, but I'm not going to do it as good as them. So I, I think it would be better if they explain it. With, of course, a disclaimer that I'm not telling you in any way, shape, or form what to do or or whether you should uh, in any way do this. But, you know, it's just... Interviews me, are not endorsements. That's what we like to say. Yeah, that's one. That, that's actually a really good way of putting it. The one guy that seems very interesting on, on Twitter about is this guy, Michael Saylor. You know, you ever, you ever hear about that guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe we'll put him on one day. Let him give his I was talking to his guy today and we are going to try and get him on the show. 
You know, if, and Elon Musk fascinates me. Any guy that's thinking about going to Mars, any guy that has put together what he's done with Tesla, um, any guy that is that brilliant, an innovator, I'm, I'm fascinated by brilliant people. Like, I couldn't believe, why was there even any controversy over him hosting Saturday Night Live when he's making successfully electric cars? Why, would, why wouldn't liberals want to embrace that part? What part of him is it that they don't like? I don't get that part. Do you know? Well, technically, the carbon footprint from the electrical car is larger than the gasoline-based car right now. You can't win. Technically speaking. He's moving but at the, end the of the ball day, down the field, making agreed. advancements that will be fine-tuned over time. But I mean, that's the same thing. Even he pulled back and said, okay, we're not going to use cryptocurrency for the purchase of Tesla for now because of environmental concerns. And this guy, Saylor, apparently, I guess, recently met with him. But I don't know. Let me, let me stick to Some what people I know. are just upset for the sake of being upset. That's the woke nation's job is to be upset about whatever the, you know, whatever well, it is. I'm, of I'm the pretty day. much a prepper. Let's be honest here. I mean, I've got food. I got water. I've got I've, I've, I'm like a hoarder when it Did comes to Did you get your to toilet medicines. paper? Because, we you know, gotta I got to have plenty that. of toilet paper. I got all that. All right. Yeah. And I'm, well, let's just say I have a pretty good collection of of self-defense mechanisms within the house scattered all around the house everywhere so don't forget about your clorox or your lysol wipes don't forget okay you can i'm not worried about dirt you're the one that's paranoid <laughs> about the dirt uh we do have this is pretty amazing you know we have now gone through this pandemic and i think it's time and i tried to linda i even was criticized for giving fauci a little too much latitude by people and so oh, you're late to get to the criticism of, of, of Fauci because I felt to be fair that there were people that were trying their best and they didn't know I never thought it was nefarious I never thought it was sinister the the fact that so much especially early on in COVID they got wrong the models were wrong the predictions were wrong the you know the comments on masks were wrong the you know they didn't know what they were doing we haven't had a pandemic like this since 1917 and 1918 and so but uh, you know early on we so and we tried to you couldn't even talk about therapeutics at a time that we had nothing to offer people without being accused of uh, whatever you, you couldn't even listen to Dr. Daniel Wallace, the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine for the last 45 years uh, and has prescribed it with for 45 years. And the risk is nil um, if you take it. And, he, and he's the lead. He's had 250 reviewed peered paper, uh, peer reviewed uh, science papers. And he's had. You know, he's the largest rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis and lupus practices in the country. He's worked with anti-malarials. He's written extensively about all of it. And one of the biggest drugs that he's been prescribing over all these 45 years of his career is hydroxychloroquine. He said the risk is nil, nil. And he's been prescribing it all these years, 65-year-old drug, et cetera. You couldn't even talk about it without people wanting to rip your head off. So when issues came up, if you remember, we... Well, I bet most of you, I know I didn't know at the time what a wet market is. 
where in China they sell these exotic animals and including, you know, you know remember bat coronaviruses this is not our, our first run with a coronavirus. You know, SARS is a, is a coronavirus. So science has had an opportunity to at least study coronaviruses for a period of time. And then, of course, you know, to me, the, the biggest, most damning part of China in all of this is the fact that they put their own travel ban in effect while criticizing ours, which is you couldn't travel from Wuhan province to any other part of China or from China to any to Wuhan province. That was forbidden. But you could travel from Wuhan province and you could travel from there to the rest of the world. And now we're beginning to find out that that, in fact, even Fauci dismissed it. And it was a conspiracy theory um, that that somehow that this information about this laboratory in Wuhan uh, is where this thing originated from. What are the origins of the, the coronavirus? Well, now we know a lot more than we knew then. And it's it's pretty damning. And the liberal media, now all of a sudden, a year after the left wing in this country and around the world were trashing the theory that COVID originated in this Wuhan uh, uh, lab when Trump supported the suggestion, the liberal media now all of a sudden say, oh, it looks like it's a possibility. Now we know that the first uh, fatality of COVID was reported by the Chinese state media in January of 2020. Uh, but now there's a reality that they, they had people going to hospitals back in November of 2019, November of 2019. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. It was May 1st of 2020. Trump said with a high degree of confidence, the virus escaped from that lab. The New York times, fake news, CNN, NPR, they were mocking his comments as they usually did. There was never anything wrong or risky. Look at Daniel Wallace, the foremost expert on hydroxychloroquine. Does it work? There are now studies that show taken early that, in fact, it could be helpful. The two studies that said it was dangerous, they were rescinded from prestigious medical journals. That, that hardly ever happens. Washington Post, New York Times, dismissive of Donald Trump's position. Trump often turns out to be right. On a lot of these fronts here, you know, World Health Organization report, you know, raised questions. They were nothing but the PR wing of of for China at that point. But anyway, if you if you go back and you look at the Anthony Fauci's of the world and and others, they were they were so wrong. They were spectacularly wrong. And unfortunately, we all paid a price as a result of of them being that wrong that often. And that's not good for anybody because you need the truth in moments like this. And for people to dismiss it, well, I think that that in and of itself. Now we have this U-turn. Liberal media, a year after trashing the theory that this that COVID originated in this Wuhan lab because Donald Trump said it, suggested it. Now America's woke media, as the Daily Mail put it, suddenly start asking, oh, is it true? Well, we we know a lot because of this. Now, even Fauci is saying the nation's top public health official, he says he believes it's a possibility. Of course, it's a possibility. It made sense from the very beginning that it was a possibility. 
And now the Biden administration, their answer to this is we don't want to get ahead of the WHO investigation. Why are we paying a penny to the WHO? They failed the world in this entire mess. You know, U.S. has no means to confirm if lab workers got sick. Well, we now have reports that they were sick as early as as November of 2019. And the media. Oh, well, the conspiracy theorists. Glenn Greenwald called the media to task for all of this. And and he's right that they do this all the time. Maggie Haberman over at the New York Toilet Paper Times blaming the Trump administration but for her newspaper discrediting theories of COVID-19 origins. You know, same New York Times that said after the travel ban, who says it's not safe to travel to China? Yeah, I wonder if anybody followed that advice, how that worked out for them. But leaked documents show the mystery disease outbreak did in fact happen in this Wuhan lab. And it's clear that the Chinese government knew it. And Pompeo wasn't quite either. He said Fauci had the same information I had when he dismissed the lab leak theory. And then on top of it, by the way, Whitmer had to apologize for leaks showing her at a local bar. No mask and no social distancing. Just like Nancy Pelosi. You have to wear a mask or you get fined. And she goes to the White House. No mask, no social distancing. And Whitmer now has rescinded the COVID-19 rule only because she got caught. First, her husband got caught trying to take out his boat when it was banned. Then she lied saying that she didn't go to Florida uh, while people in Michigan were not allowed to go to Florida. And when she decided she's above, you know, the mere the, the, the people of Michigan, this is what you get from Democrats. Nothing but hypocrisy. Tell you what really ticks me off is, you know, when when circle back Jen Psaki, White House press secretary, says, uh, I think you're misunderstanding the process, snapping at Peter Ducey of Fox uh, on the on the covid origins. Uh, It's it's the WHO's job, not the U.S.'s job to investigate. Yes, it is. How many Americans died? Yeah, we have an obligation to get to the truth, you know, and then being told uh, we are repeatedly have called the WHO to support an expert driven evaluation of the pandemic's origins that is free from interference. What it's, it's basically another way of saying it's not our problem. You know, the Wall Street Journal had a reporter in a village in the mountains of southwest China, lone surveillance camera, and they you know, they they were there taking pictures. In April of 2012, six miners got sick, fell with mysterious illness, three died. Et anyway, long, long story short, the communist Chinese detained a reporter from the Wall Street Journal who snuck into a cave in southern China where the Wuhan Institute of Virology collected coronavirus samples approximately eight years ago after six miners became extremely ill, three of whom later died after cleaning out the cave's bat feces. Guess what they did? Uh, Yeah, they detained the reporter and destroyed the picture. Now, does that sound to you like China's trying to cover it up? Because that's what it sounds like to me. 25 to the top of the hour. Toll free our numbers, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Let me take you, uh, give you a quick flashback here. New York Times, February 17, 2020. 
Senator Tom Cotton repeats fringe theory on coronavirus origins. USA Today, April 18th, 2020. Trump says U.S. investigating whether coronavirus spread after China lab mishap, but cites no evidence. New research, Washington Post, June 25th, 2020. New research explores how conservative media misinformation may have intensified the severity of the pandemic. Whoopsie daisy. I would say it's time for a dramatic flip-flop fail. How about an apology? Three years of Trump-Russia collusion lies. You impeach Donald Trump over an anonymous hearsay whistleblower with opinion witnesses and hearsay witnesses and one fact witness who exonerates President Trump on a call that many people listen to. Check out the headlines, uh, fake news, CNN, March of 2021. Lab leak COVID-19 theory is something out of a comic book, virologist says. In May, new information on Wuhan Researchers' illness furthers debate on pandemic origins. It's it's pretty much everywhere. Forbes, no science clearly shows that COVID wasn't leaked from a Wuhan lab. I mean, you just compare. Reuters in, in February 2020, China lab says conspiracy theories hurting efforts to curb virus. Now they're saying at Reuters, Wuhan lab staff sought hospital care before COVID-19 outbreak was disclosed. Glenn Greenwald, major media outlets spent a year demonizing the lab leak theory as an insane conspiracy theory. Fact checkers pronounced it false. Those suggesting it was it were it should be banned online on grounds of disinformation. Mainstream outlets are now forced to admit its viability. Is there any accountability? Good question. Usually the answer is no. Three years of Trump-Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion, Russia collusion. Didn't happen. Well, actually, there was some collusion. Hillary paid for a dirty Russian disinformation dossier. In Ukraine, there actually was a quid and a pro and a quo with Joe. You're not getting a billion unless you fire a prosecutor investigating Burisma Holdings and my zero experience son, Hunter. You got six hours. Son of a bee, they did it. They fired him. Yeah, there was one. They ignored that part. You see how corrupt the, the mob and the media is? It's corrupt. They're just dishonest. They accuse everybody else of conspiracy theories, that which they themselves are guilty of i mean th- th- this this is a really dangerous time big tech steps in and decides hunter biden's laptop is needs to be suppressed donald trump you know think about their love of whistleblowers the media loved the anonymous hearsay whistleblower but they didn't want to pay they didn't want to hear from one person that signed a legal affidavit under the penalty of perjury about anomalies that they saw during the election. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'm not signing anything that's not true at the risk of going to jail. I wouldn't do it. Did all the people that signed affidavit, do you think they were all lying? Maybe some were. Maybe some had a political agenda. I don't know. 
Did they deserve to be heard? What happened to the love of whistleblowers? This is the environment we live in. You know where I see collusion with Russia? I see Joe Biden compromised by Russia. Joe Biden shuts down the Keystone XL pipeline in this country and then gives a waiver to Vladimir Putin to build his pipeline? What the hell is going on? The guy that has just moved his troops closer to the Ukrainian border again? What is it going to be, Crimea all over again? The same guy that's providing weapons to the Iranians said that they're delivering to Yemen to fight their proxy war in the Middle East? That same Russia? The same Joe Biden that is afraid to take on China on the origins of the coronavirus when well, we're close to, what, 600,000 dead Americans? And, and what, what, what the, the wreckage that has been done to this country and that China knew about it was protected by the World Health Organization? And anybody that told the truth, you're a conspiracy theorist. You know, you know who spreads conspiracy theories constantly is the mob, the media. You want to know what a conspiracy theory is? How come they didn't cover Hunter Biden's laptop? By the way, there's still more on that laptop, according to my sources, that have seen it. A lot more. Should be coming out over time, I'm told. We'll see if I'm right. Wasn't wrong about Russia. Wasn't wrong about FISA. Wasn't wrong about a Russian disinformation dossier Hillary paid for. That was full of lies, Russian lies. Used as the basis to commit premeditated fraud numerous times on a FISA court, even though they knew damn well it was not true. When they interviewed the subsource, when they interviewed Christopher Steele, they peddled that, those lies and conspiracy theories for three years. Got a, we got a problem. Got a big problem in this country. An information crisis like we've never had before. Do they ever admit that they're wrong? Do they ever retract their past reporting? Maggie Haberman blaming the New York Times coverage uh, being wrong again on the issue of the Wuhan origins, the coronavirus origins, the Wuhan virology lab in Wuhan province. She's blaming Donald Trump because her her pathetic agenda-driven newspaper got it wrong. Donald Trump's fault? Really, Maggie? Unbelievable. What if it turns out that these audits that are going on in now a number of states, what if it turns out that there's fraud that Maybe we hadn't picked up before. I don't know that there is. I'm, you know, I, I work my sources. I get conflicting reports. I don't know. I don't know. What if it's true? <laughs> What's the media going to say then? Shouldn't they be in the job of seeking truth? When people say that they want standards for elections moving forward, including voter ID, why are Democrats so adamant against voter ID laws and signature verification laws? Why are they so adamant against cleaning up voter rolls every election year? 
Why are they so adamant in protecting the integrity of the chain of custody of ballots once they're once they're in in the custody of whatever district they happen to be in? Both sides having access to it. Why, why would they be adamant against partisan observers observing? Is there anything there? Because you need picture ID to do pretty much everything in life. If I needed to buy a six pack of beer and get in the Democratic National Convention and needed to get into the Capitol, and needed to get into the White House, you would think you needed to vote. It's not and should not be that, that controversial. I can feel what's happening. People are waking up. Uh, it, they see the overreach. They see the radicalism. They see the net results of, of the new Green Deal socialism already. They see HR1 for what it is, SR1 for what it is. They see what packing the courts is really all about. They understand it. Ending the legislative filibuster, they get that too. D.C. statehood, they know exactly what that's for. The same with Puerto Rico statehood. They, they see what, what Joe did to the energy sector. We were finally energy independent for the first time in 75 years. Now we're paying more per gallon of gasoline than we paid in however long. More to heat our homes and cool our homes. And it's only going to get higher. Add to that inflation. Americans are figuring out, too, that corporations don't pay taxes, and that'll add even more to the bill. Highest inflation rate in 13 years. This, this issue, Joe Biden pushing the rest of the world for a global tax hike. Why? Because they're afraid that businesses that are leaving states like California, New York, and droves are going to then leave the United States because that's what's going to happen. There's a piece in the Daily Mail, California Nightmare, how high taxes, rampant crime, suffocating wokery, what they call it, Streets littered with homeless addicts and years of liberal policies are blamed for ruining the Golden State. And thousands of families are fleeing to Republican Texas and Florida. People are leaving the most economically powerful and populous state in droves. It's seen its population decline for the first time in the state's 171-year history. Families are being driven away by the cost of living, fear of crime, taxes, wildfires. That's all accurate. So now they wanted a global tax hike so that there would be no safe haven for corporations to move their businesses to. Anyway, looks like Great Britain is saying, no, thanks. We're not interested. Even the European socialists think Biden's going too far. UK Express, a source at her majesty. Her Majesty's Treasury has said the government will not rush to sign any proposal from Biden. Why would they? Why should they? Obama's Treasury Secretary is now even sounding the alarm over Biden's inflationary spending. This is Lawrence Summers is not an idiot. I'm not a fan of his, but he is the former Treasury Secretary. He's not a dope. I don't agree with everything, but he's not dumb. Sounding the alarm about inflation and economic overheating amid the explosion of spending. This is not just conjecture, he said in the Washington Post in an op-ed. He said the consumer price index 
rose at a 7.5% annual rate in the first quarter. Inflation expectations jumped at the fastest rate since inflation index bonds were introduced a generation ago. Already, consumer prices have risen almost as much as the Fed predicted for the entire year. Treasury Secretary under, let's see, Bill Clinton, Director of National Economic Council for Obama, writing, new conditions require new approaches. Now the primary risk to the U.S. economy is overheating and inflation. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Republican states bringing back jobs quicker than Democratic states. (laughs) Does that surprise you? Because they've given up on the added benefits of not working. Biden's stay-at-home bonus, as uh, I think the, I think the, I don't, I don't know, maybe it was the Daily Times wrote this, Wisconsin newspaper. President Biden is paying workers to stay home. Many small businesses in southeastern Wisconsin have reached out to tell me that they're hiring, but they cannot find workers. I met this guy, has an incredible manufacturing facility in, in New Jersey, says, yeah, I'm only at 60% of my workforce and he starts people out at 22 bucks an hour. That's not bad. People don't want the job right now. Price of everything is skyrocketing. A lot of that is based on the cost of energy. A lot of it. Anyway, Jen Psaki says old Joe is so energetic she can hardly keep up with him. Do you believe that lie? Because that's a lie. Even the New York Times and Washington Post admit Joe is getting slower. Takes a lot of work behind the scenes to get him ready for any public comments. Yeah, you think? He got incoherent again yesterday in another appearance. We'll play it tonight. His weakness is now threatening National security comments by Marco Rubio. Chinese communists sense opportunity in the Biden era. And he talks about the, the sense of opportunity that these other countries feel. He's right. He's a thousand percent right. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a, a part of the program. Hundreds of former Biden staffers demand Israel be punished for killing Palestinian civilians. Um, Did they not see the thousands of rockets fired into Israel to kill Israelis? In other words, a war started? Guess they might have missed that part. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free on numbers 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, I've, I've been doing this now 33 years on radio. 25 years on Fox and I you get a sense for when there's a movement you could you could feel it in in 2016 with Donald Trump you could feel it even with Obama in in 2008 that now Republicans could have put forward a better candidate and and I think they would have done a lot better certainly the financial crisis at the time had an impact on on events especially the election too but you can see that with this massive power grab, HRSR1 and changing the voting laws and no voter ID and no voter integrity or competence, yeah, people see this for what it is. You can see the chaos, unmitigated disaster at the border and, and 
and people are making obvious conclusions on that. Uh, you could see getting rid of the legislative filibuster and getting rid of, and, and packing the courts and D.C. statehood. Yeah, everybody sees the power grab there, too, on energy independence. Yeah, everybody's is feeling it now in their wallets and their purses because we're paying more for gas, more to heat and cool our homes. We're also paying more for every consumer good that we're buying because of the higher price of the lifeblood of the world's economy. That would be energy being giving up energy independence, which we had finally achieved for the first time in 75 years. And and you can feel it in terms of every single aspect. Add to that 4.2 percent inflation, the highest number in 13 years. And you can, that means what is inflation? We're paying more for everything. And I noticed that two friends of this program have joined forces, uh, Nigel Farage uh, and our friend Reverend C.L. Bryant. And they are having America's Comeback Tour. Um, they're going to go to nearly a dozen states over the ne- next month and tell people that there is a different future available for the country should we choose in 2022. I, I believe that if the Republicans stand for the principles that I've been laying out every day, I won't repeat them now. The simple conservative principles that we know work, the America first, make America great again agenda, that they'll take back the House, they'll win Senate seats in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Ohio, and Arizona, and Pennsylvania, I believe as well. I believe that could all happen. And then things will dramatically change for the better. And that will make a an obvious choice for 2024. It won't be any more clear to the country. Uh, and, you know, look, I mean, if you want to, I even haven't mentioned the police. Yeah. How's that defunding, dismantling the police working out? Gunshots interrupt in Minneapolis. Uh, an AP reporter giving a report on the at George Floyd Square. Yeah. Gunshots break out. Listen to this. Well, look, it's not going to be signed in time, at least according to the timeline that the White House and U.S. President Joe Biden had. They wanted this bill of comprehensive police reform uh, to be... uh, Just got to be careful here with some gunshot. Excuse us, excuse us. It sounds like gunshots. I'll let you know what this is. These seem to be gunshots. How's this all working out for you, America? Anyway, Nigel Farage, Reverend C.L. Bryant, two friends of the program joining forces. Uh, welcome back, both of you. Nigel, how you been? I haven't talked to you in a while. No, I'm good. I tell you what, Sean, we've been busy in the UK over the last couple of years. We were in a terrible position in 2019, three years after Brexit. Brexit hadn't been delivered. We launched a massive, I led a massive grassroots fight back. And hey, you know, you know what? We've now got Brexit. It's got 70% approval, and, and here's the lesson for America, the Labour Party, the Socialist Labour Party in England is dead, it's unconscious on the floor, and the reason is they went way too far to the left, they stopped being patriotic, they weren't bothered about border controls, and they embraced cancel culture 
which threatens free speech and poisons education. And I so, really so you come with a message of hope. What has what you've experienced? Do you see unfolding here? I hope. I do absolutely, and I think that. Just, I just, you know, reading the opinion polls, and you can see on issue after issue, the Democrats have moved a long way away from about 50% of their voters. But, you know, people ultimately, when they divide in politics, it used to be about economics. It's now about, do you believe in your country, or are you a globalist? It really is that simple. Uh, by the way, just so you know, Nigel Farage... Uh, we call Reverend C.L. Bryant, Re- Reverend C.L. Heavyfoot Bryant, because apparently he gets pulled over by the by cops like a hundred times. He's gotten pulled over. Never one time has gotten a ticket because he starts telling, asking the cop, now, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? He's using, he's invoking the name of our, our Savior, Nigel, Jesus Christ. Nigel, don't believe a word. Oh, oh is, is, is any part of this? All right. How many times have you been pulled over? <laughs> how many? Tell tell Nigel. I'm going nope. to plead the fifth right now. <laughs> and how many times have you gotten a ticket? I have not gotten a ticket. I, and I, how many I, times I, have you said, uh, have you accepted Jesus into your heart while while well, while the cop is talking thing, to you? John. Um, that's a natural thing. I'm going to ask that. Yeah, I've asked you that, John. <laughs> I mean, I, I can hardly wait when you get to the pearly gates somewhere long way down the road, and you're going to have to explain invoking the holy name of Jesus to get out of a ticket. Don't y'all believe a word of it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys joined uh, joined force, forces, Reverend. Uh, you're two people that I really strongly appreciate. Tell us, look, I think I just laid out a quick summary of what's happening. I think Nigel gave us a good summary of what, what was happening and, and how the people of our, our great friends in Britain responded. I see the same thing unfolding here. It is unfolding, Sean. And you know, your show has been a barometer in our country for movements that are occurring. And FreedomWorks, and folks, go to FreedomWorks.org. We have launched this America Comeback Tour, and our British cousin, Nigel Farage, is giving us a very good look at ourselves from the outside. And you know how it is, Sean, when you and I are close upon this on a daily basis. Sometimes we're looking at it uh, too long, sometimes too close, and sometimes fresh eyes or what's needed in order to give us a fresher look at the direction we should go. And one thing that Nigel is saying on the tour, and our people are very hungry for it, is that we are, America, is looked to as the leader of the free world. And we need to understand what's going on uh, right now to our country in the eyes of the rest of the world. And so this tour, uh, we are looking forward to building, mobilizing, and educating the largest grassroots movement in the country. Uh, And uh, FreedomWorks is about doing that. Go to FreedomWorks.org. And, Sean, thank you so much. And, hey, man, you ought to join us on one of our stops uh, when we uh, uh, come back here in July. Uh, Listen, I'd consider doing that because I I think it sounds like one big party. I've hung out with both of you, and Nigel Nigel and I will drink a little more than you do, but, I mean, I'm I'm up for the party part. You know, Nigel, I, I, I watch this, and you're right. I've been watching what's been unfolding, and it's like you're a barometer of maybe a preview of coming attractions, hopefully, of what's happening in America then all of a sudden I see our, our mutual friend Piers Morgan, um, you know, have this this row on his m- number one rated morning show. Did he get fired or did he quit? Oh, no, I think that uh, the woke agenda, the cancel culture at ITV where he works, 
basically said, you can't criticize Meghan Markle because she's black, so please apologize for saying you didn't believe a word of what she said. No, Piers got sacked. Piers got cancelled. And it was a big show, um, and it's outrageous that that's happened. Um, but, you know, that's what we're seeing here, too, isn't it? I mean, look how mainstream media have covered up for China, uh, have never told the American public the truth that Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization. It's the same game on both sides of the channel. But the truth of it is, you know, we used to be America's mother country. But America now is the mother country to the entire Western world. And this battle, this battle that needs to be fought, this is about saving Western civilization. And I've just been saying to all my conservative friends, come out of mourning, end the depression, end the negativity. Let's get positive. Let me ask you this. I'm one of the few people that will just say what's obvious, and that is that Joe Biden is a cognitive mess. He's weak and he's frail. And I think the only reason you see the Russians on the Ukrainian border again and and that geopolitical nightmare unfolding uh, that you see an unholy alliance, Russia and China providing arms to the Iranian mullahs uh, that are shipping them to fight a proxy war in the Middle East through Yemen. Um, we see what what Iran is doing, and and I think that the world is looking at a weakened America under Joe Biden because they see that he's a mess. Am I wrong? Well, I think if Donald Trump was there, very few of these things would be happening. Uh, I also think we can add to that list. You know, Taiwan is now in a very very vulnerable position as communist China increasingly flex their military muscles, um, and I think the sort of shades of the shades of Jimmy Carter about this. I mean, Carter was probably more competent than Biden, but you've got all these things happening in the Middle East and elsewhere. You've got inflation coming back into the American economy. You've got a weak leader, and you've got a, a, a party, a Democrat party, that is moving way further left than where their voters are. So I think there's every reason to say, you know what? We've had a tough six months. We've got some huge battles to, to, to fight and mountains to climb, but this can all be done. We can storm back to victory in 22 and 24. And I actually, I have to tell you, I really believe that this will happen. All right, as we continue, Nigel Farage and Reverend C.L. Bryant joining forces with Freedom Works and announcing their tour uh, going on this summer, actually through the month of May. You know, Reverend, I'm listening to Nigel, and, and it's it's almost... You know, let not your heart be troubled. You know, we, we have had these these lurches to the left and America always springs back center right because we are a center right country and America will is learning very quickly open borders and all the, the power grabs of all the Democrats and their radical new Green Deal socialism and reckless spending and irresponsible you know, foreign policy is not going to work. I think I think most people have already concluded that in this very short period of time. In times like these, Sean, it's amazing how American exceptionalism begins to shine forth. Uh, and uh, without any apologies to any of our uh, allies, uh, I do believe that our nation, Sean, is the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And we feel it slipping away from us, and we're being slapped awake by uh, a tour like this, by one of our British cousins who's telling us, he's just told us, that uh, we are looked to as the leaders of the free world. And Americans, we have to push back against anything. We have to stand up to anything that would rob that from us. We must not be robbed of our future for our children and for our posterity. And so 
Uh, go to freedomworks.org. Become a part of a movement. If you want this to come to a city near you, and hey, if you want Sean Hannity to join us <laughs> on one of these uh, stops, be well, sure to let us know. Yeah, three people will show up if, I, if you drag Hannity into this thing. You know, Nigel, <laughs> one of the things that you're you're saying without saying is that you never give up. And I say it a little differently. I say the battle for liberty and freedom never ends. And as Reagan said, freedom is but one generation away from extinction. How many years did it take take your country, then you led this effort, a big part of it, to get from the Brexit vote to, to get out to getting out? How long did that take? Well, it took us four and a half years because the globalist community, most of our political class and mainstream media fought back against it. We were due to leave under British law in March 19. We didn't leave. And many people said, oh, well, that's it. The British people know they've made a mistake. Uh, And, you know, I had a grassroots army out there, the People's Army. I was able to activate them, mobilize them. And two years ago, yesterday, Theresa May resigned as Prime Minister, and that was my scalp. There's no question about that. And that's why I'm here, Sean, with Freedom Works, because everybody underestimates the power and the importance of grassroots communication. Nothing can be better than that face-to-face conversation, and that can be at the breakfast table, or it can be in the bar of an evening. But well, I know, I know that you mean it, and that you're passionate not only about your country, but about both our countries, as I am passionate about your country. Um, listen, my last word of advice, Nigel, whatever you do, if you rent a car, don't let CL drive. Don't let him drive. Because not only are you gonna, not only will you be speeding, you're gonna get pulled over by the, uh, you know, by the cops, and um, I don't know if it's gonna work every time. He's, he, I think he's been lucky up to this point, but uh, we're gonna put it up on Hannity.com. The including uh, the tours in Ohio, Illinois, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, Texas, Arizona. Uh, Jackson Hole. Um, anyway, we're going to be following you closely, and maybe one day I will come on out and say hello to all my friends with you, okay? Thanks, guys. Thank God bless, Sean. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Quick break, right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls here. 800-941-SEAN, our number. You want to be a part of the program. Maybe the biggest lie ever told by Circleback Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary. Joe is so energetic that... That you know, I can I can hardly even even keep up with him. <laughs> I'm like even the New York Times and the Washington Post said no, that's not true. You you know, last night he devolved completely into rambling incoherence as he was at a, a another appearance, and I'm like, you can't even make this up. I mean, I just I watch this and I just cringe, and it's like so painful to to watch and to listen to. It's just incoherence at a level that uh, you can't even imagine. But this is what they're telling us. Um, now, if you look at where the priorities are, remember, remember, Vladimir Putin, let's have a debate, Joe. Let's have it uh, before the weekend, uh, basically saying, so I know you don't have time to prepare and there's no way you're physically, mentally alert enough to actually do it and be ready for it. And I'll kick your ass. And then uh, says, yeah, I'd rather have my weekend free. So let's do it before the weekend. No response to Joe. And oh, and I hope you feel better. What do you think Vladimir was saying there? Because I think he was basically acknowledging that I see Joe Biden as weak, frail and a cognitive mess. I think he's just telling the truth. And and frankly, it is embarrassing. Listen to Jen Psaki. Biden is hard to keep up with when asked about his fitness routine. 
What more can you tell us about the uh, president's um, health regime? We hear he's lifting weights. What sort of weights is he lifting? Does he have a personal trainer? And what happened to his Peloton bike? Did he bring it to the to the White House? Uh, I didn't know where this was going, um, but I'm intrigued by it. Um, I, I will say I have nothing to read on on the president's uh, private exercise regime, uh, but I can tell you, having traveled with him a fair amount, um, sometimes he's hard to keep up with. He's hard to keep up with. Does anybody believe that? Because I don't believe a word of it. And she doesn't believe a word of it either. I mean, even the New York Times is acknowledging that, yeah, his aides say it takes a hell of a lot behind the scenes work to prepare him um, for any public speaking and to project a an assured demeanor. I love the Washington Post. I, Linda, did you see we played this last night? They, they, they release an old video of Joe from seven years ago. And, and he's on the phone and he's, he's doing curls while he's on the phone. And the purpose was to, to create the image that that's him today. It's not him today. And then I showed video of Joe in 2012 last night. I showed him video of him in 2016. We showed the 20, what, 15 video of him, you know, on the phone and doing curls, tough Joe, which I'm sure was just a, a, a camera pose for the most part. I, I got to say, that really sounds like toxic masculinity to me. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know why sad. we're encouraging <laughs> that. It's just, that's atrocious. I, I got I to gotta keep up with my work, woke terminology and vernacular. I mean, that, I, every, every uh, you know, woke human being should be out there just yelling about him. Doing, I mean, what is he about trying to About toxic masculinity? Oh, 100%. I guess Something I I'm sure Joe's never been accused of. My, my mixed martial arts videos. Forget it. I'll be in big trouble. I don't know. Well, at least uh, you don't air them from eight years ago. Advocating violence. Look at, look, at the, look at the sport he's practicing. Um, oh, and then, yeah, so we got time for Putin. You, you know that Putin's going to roll him. There's no way he doesn't get rolled. Now, probably he won't have any one-on-one -on -one talks with Putin, is my guess, because he's going to need Blinken and everybody else to cover for him. But anyway... It's not like they're going to deal with the border. Kamala Harris, Jen Psaki saying, has no plans to visit the border. Kids in cages, middle of a pandemic. Just down, down we just got to make sure that the, the half a million people plus this year that are here illegally, that they let in with the promise of amnesty, that we will be providing food and shelter and health care and education to, you know, being parceled out all over the country. No concern. No, no, there's no, there's no, those weren't riots last summer. There's no crisis at the border. Listen. Question, is the vice president planning on going to the border? I know she's um, handling this. Why hasn't she been there? Is she uh, planning in the future to go and see what's going on firsthand? Well, the vice president is overseeing exactly the same portfolio that the president did when he was vice president, which is uh, nor the Northern Triangle and engagement with countries in the region about how we can work together to reduce the rate of migration and, and uh, work together to address corruption, address the root causes of why so many people are traveling to our border. I expect she will make a trip to the Northern Triangle at some point soon. Um, so that would be where she would travel, given her purview. And then the big question. Now that we know so much more about the Wuhan lab and the origins of COVID, you would think that, that Joe might be willing to take on that very important issue now that we, we know that there were confirmed cases in Wuhan province in November of 2019. And they, and they hid it from the world, but they put their own travel ban in effect. 
Couldn't travel out of Wuhan to any other place in China. Couldn't travel from any place in China to Wuhan province. But you could travel from Wuhan to the rest of the world and infect the world, which they did. No plans, uh, you know, uh, no words of uh, condemnation from the Biden administration on the origins of COVID-19. Even Fauci is finally coming along. I thought it was interesting when Pompeo said uh, he had the exact same intelligence at the exact same time I did. Listen. But with 589,920 dead Americans, at what point does President Biden say, we don't want to wait for the WHO, we don't know what they're doing, this needs to be an American-led effort to get to the bottom of what happened? Well, first of all, we need access to the underlying data and information in order to have that investigation. And why not? But he talks all the time about how he's known President Xi for a long time. So why can't he just call and we need them for that information? I think you're misunderstanding how this process actually works. An international investigation led by the World Health Organization is something that we've actually been pressing for for several months in coordination with a range of partners around the world. We need that data. We need that information from the Chinese government. What we can't do, and what I would caution anyone doing, is leaping ahead of an actual international process. We don't have enough data and information to jump to a conclusion at this point in time. Yeah, and the WHO has been nothing but the propaganda pravda uh, of all things China. We're going to wait on them. Unbelievable. Uh, Matthew is in the great state of Alabama. Uh, Matthew, glad you called. Uh, Where in Alabama are you, sir? Uh, Birmingham Metro. How are you doing? I'm good. I lived uh, about an hour north in uh, Athens, Alabama, just outside of Huntsville. What's going on? First of all, I want to thank you for bringing truth to the uh, airwaves. And my concern, uh, getting to the point, is with the Democratic influence with the machines and the voting systems, in your opinion, how do we ensure voting integrity? I've been very clear and very consistent. Every state, and that's why I'm telling people, we don't have time for people to wallow. And that's one of the reasons I'm kind of glad that Nigel uh, Farage and, and C.O. Bryant are telling people, uh, okay, stop feeling scared and angry and demoralized. Pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and get back in the game. Because that's life. Life is difficult. You take hits, you move on. All right. Every state, we, we learn that, that certainly every, that state laws state constitutions, normal standards for voting to ensure integrity and confidence, they were bypassed all over the place and not adhered to. Every state now needs, and and we've got to insist before 2022, that we have voter ID for every single voter, that we have signature verification for every single voter, that we have chain of custody controls so that both Republicans, Democrats, independents, anybody from any party has the right to make sure that there's integrity with the chain of custody when ballots arrive. Uh, voter rolls every voting year need to be cleaned up and made sure that they're up to date. And then the law that is statutory for most states that allows partisan observers to observe the vote count is adhered to. And that constitutions like the one in Pennsylvania are followed. And that consent decrees like the one in Georgia are never entered into again. That has one very lax standard for mail-in balloting and one very rigorous standard for in-person balloting. And they have mostly cleaned it up, but they need to get back to and add the signature verification standard in Georgia. That's I've been very clear going forward. It's up to state legislatures. The time to get them to do their job is now. And that would be every state that matters.
That answer your question? For the most part. Part of my concern is, like in the case of Georgia, they changed midstream on what they were requiring, and it opened up the proverbial floodgates to other questionable acts, if you know what I mean. How, no, how no, the, what, the, what the Secretary of State of Georgia did was beyond reprehensible and stupid. You know, he's sued by the Georgia Democratic Party, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and he went along with a really dumb consent agreement that never should have been entered into. And he should have fought it in court, and they would have won. You know, standards need to, you know, laws need to be followed. It's like we, we, this idea that we just pick and choose what laws we're going to follow, good luck with that if you try that in your life. Because I'm not doing it in mine. I'm, I don't like the amount of taxes I pay, but I pay them. Because if you're a conservative, you go to jail. If you're a liberal, you can do anything pretty much and get away with it. Uh, thank you, Matthew. All right, back to our busy phones. Darris is in Michigan. Darris, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, uh, yeah, a lot of people that I've talked to in the areas, especially in the area that I live in, and uh, as family members, uh, friends, and strangers, it seems like they want socialism, but they don't realize what they want. You know, it's like they always compare Canada, and I go to Canada because I'm a truck driver. I go to Canada three times a week, and I, I know I've talked to Canadians, and they say, you know, like, we have to go to the grocery store, spend $100, and only get five things in our cart. It's like, you know, it's kind of surprising that people, uh, they say they want socialism, but they don't know what they're asking for. You know, Rush always had a good line on this. It's hard to compete with Santa Claus, right? Now, yeah. But if, if, if you think an just an inch... Below the surface, you ask yourself this simple question. What is government doing correctly? For example, blue states that uh, how are their has their educational system in most blue states in America where we spend more per capita than any other industrialized country? They would get a big fat F failure, a disaster. Uh, How are the states doing with their promise for law and order? So. People can safely and securely pursue happiness. Uh, they get a big fat F on that too. Defund, dismantle the police. How are state? How how did that Obamacare thing work out? You keep your doctor plan and and save money. Millions lost their doctors and plans, and we're all paying about two hundred and fifty percent more. How's Social Security doing? How's Medicare doing? Because they're both headed for insolvency. Then ask yourself: Then why would we trust the promises? of the same people that fail on a spectacular level with previous promises with more controls over our life. So when you get a little, just a little inch deep, but below the surface, free may sound great, but nothing is for free. And socialism's great till you run out of other people's money, as Margaret Thatcher would say. So, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit of explanation and, and, and warning and admonition and probably the pain of unfulfilled promises. And, you know, the idea, for example, that they're trying to now convince Americans that that infrastructure equals daycare, infrastructure equals free college, infrastructure equals guaranteed wage and guaranteed government job, none of which is true. You know, we're being lied to repeatedly. Look at their track record. These are empty promises that will lead to poverty more misery, they'll never be fulfilled, and then we'll have to calculate how much of our personal freedom we gave up in the name of false security. Because that's what yeah, it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, even Jesus says, a house, a house, kingdom, or nation divided against itself will not stand. And I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, 
you know, uh, the, the Lord keeps his hand on this nation and, uh, you know, uh, brings us back so we, you know, we can beat the socialist uh, monster, this dragon that we're slaying right now. Because, you know, we're, we're facing an ideology war. You know, everything that's kind of opposite of what the Bible says. You know, God created man and woman, but, you know, they, you know, they say, well, we, we're not going to listen to that. Uh, you know, you, you can be born a woman, you can be born a man on the inside when you're actually the opposite, you know. Well, let me, so, let me just go to something, you know, people ask... Uh, you know, I, I do believe that this country has been blessed more than any other country on the face of the earth. And we've accumulated more power, abused it less. We're not perfect, but we strive to always be a more perfect union. But we've advanced the human condition. It was after 9-11, I think it was Franklin Graham's daughter who said, well, you know, why does God let these things happen? And her answer was, well, God's a gentleman. And we've thrown him out of the schools. We've thrown him out of the public square. And he's not going to force himself on people. And, and, and there's a message there is that you, you've got to embrace the principles of goodness every single day. And it's a choice that we as a people make and we as individuals make. Anyway, appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Um, I don't know why evil things happen. The so one unique experience to, to, to mankind is I believe we're all created by the same God. We all have talents from God and that but we also have choices to make all throughout our lives and a propensity towards good or and or evil. And sometimes people can, are conflicted. Others devote themselves to one or the other. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Quick break, right back. Uh, to that end, uh, I informed uh, President Abbas uh, and earlier uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu that uh, the United States will notify Congress of our intention to provide uh, $75 million in additional development and economic assistance uh, for the Palestinians in uh, 2021. We'll also provide uh, $5.5 million in immediate disaster assistance uh, for Gaza and uh, a little over $32 million for UNRWA's emergency uh, humanitarian appeal. This new assistance comes on top of significant support that the United States has recently committed uh, and resumed to uh, the Palestinian Authority, to Palestinians, uh, to uh, uh, different, uh, different agencies and groups. In total, we are in the process of providing uh, more than $360 million in urgent support for the Palestinian uh, people. All right, Tony Blinken, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Secretary of State announcing U.S. giving more than $360 million in urgent support to the Palestinians. I guess we're the only show that has gone over this. You know, it's a little too late. We have some squad members finally condemning the anti-Semitic attacks that we have now seen been going on worldwide. I mean, Hitler and Satan were trending on social media, but they'll cancel Donald Trump. I mean, it's it is it is beyond repulsive to me. Democratic Socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the real speaker of the House, Pelosi speaker in name only. Anyway, is uh, speaking about the conflict in Gaza. The development of the ceasefire is a welcome development, but it's not enough. It doesn't address the actual ongoing dehumanizing conditions that are leading or rather continuing to the outbreak of violence. And we've heard the comments and we've chronicled them of, of Congresswoman Omar and Congresswoman Tlaib. And, and through Bibi Netanyahu, you have a reactionary racist who is now running that country. And the United States must acknowledge its role in the injustice and human rights violations of Palestinians. Many members of Congress have instead fallen back on a blanketed statement 
defending Israel's airstrikes against civilians under the guise of self-defense. We will continue to fight for our rights in Palestine and in Ferguson. We stand with you in solidarity. I rise today to recognize the deep trauma and loss of life perpetuated by systems of oppression here in the United States and globally. We must acknowledge and condemn the disproportionate discrimination and treatment that Palestinians face versus others in this region. Palestinians are at best third-class citizens in the nation of their birth. The Prime Minister of Israel has repeatedly stated he is committed to annexing Palestinian lands. As long as the message from Washington is that our military support for Israel is unconditional, Netanyahu's extremism, right-wing government will continue to expand settlements. I, 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 it's, it's frankly shocking. We have hate crimes around the entire globe, anti-Semitic hate crimes on the rise. And the deafening silence from Biden and Pelosi and Schumer, it's it's beyond anything I've seen. We put an article up on Hannity.com today. Hate at home. The terrifying story of a Jewish family attacked in the streets of New York City. You have a pro-Israeli rally attacked in Illinois, quote, chanting, kill the Jews. It's frightening. Anyway, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, is with us to talk about this and a lot of other things today, sir. Um that's a pretty chilling assessment of how radical this Democratic Socialist Party's become and how much power the squad members really have. Well, look, I think we have to confront uh, a really sobering reality, which I recently did a podcast about, and that is the nature of Hamas. Uh, <clears throat> the idea that the U.S. is about to become the largest funder of terrorism in the world uh, is something people ought to be thinking about and talking about there, there can be no peace in between Israel and a neighbor who says not a single Jew will remain. So Hamas is at the very core of this. Iran's support for Hamas is at the full core of it. <clears throat> and instead of talking about a two-state solution, as the president did the other day, they need to remember that Hamas is in favor of a one-state solution by eliminating everybody from Israel. Uh, and Hamas has no interest in a two-state solution. So I think... Well, that, uh, I, I don't see how you begin negotiations when they have in their charter um, a call for the destruction of the state of Israel. So I'm, I'm not sure where you begin the conversation. How about they have to remove that charter first, then we can talk about right. any uh, any discussion down the road. Well, I think Congress ought to, ought to pass a uh, bill that says uh, no money can go to Hamas or any agency that works with Hamas until they accept Israel's right to exist. This is what you just described is not complicated. You know, right. now we have an unholy alliance to Russia and China. We now know providing uh, Iran with weapons that are being transported to Yemen for the proxy war they're, they're fighting in the rest of the Middle East. Uh, why is Joe Biden opening up mil tens, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, that it, we know is directly going to fund this? Well, look, Explain to me how Biden can justify approving the Russian pipeline while canceling the American pipeline. I mean, this is an administration that seems to me exists in a fantasy world uh, that has no relationship to uh, the realities of the world. And that's why I think, uh, frankly, that Hamas is a great test for this, uh, because the, the truth is that Hamas is dedicated, oh, as you point out, I think there are 38 articles in their original uh, 
constitution of Hamas that actually refer to the destruction of Israel. Now, let me how, let me can, look at the broader, not only geopolitical situation that we have, because I, I believe that our enemies see Joe Biden as weak and frail and a cognitive mess. And I've not been shy about saying it. Uh, I also believe that when you look at what's happening at our borders uh, and the lawlessness that is being aided and abetted by Biden and the Democratic Party, uh, when you look at what they've done on energy and yeah, you're right, we shut down our pipelines, but we we give a waiver so Russia could build theirs in and supply the lifeblood of the world's economy to our allies in Europe. One of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. And then I look at the power grab H.R. one and packing the courts and D.C. and Puerto Rico statehood and ending ending the legislative filibuster. Then I look at the higher taxes. Then I look at the inflation then I look at all of the above, and I'm thinking we've got ourselves an unmitigated disaster. Mr. Speaker, it's only May 25th. He only started this job on January 20th. You know, we're, we're, talk, we're not talking about a long period of time here. Well, I, but I think in all fairness, Biden is trying to beat the Jimmy Carter standard for incompetence and destruction. Uh, and I think if you look at the economy, if you look at inflation, if you look at the various rules they're adopting, uh, this is going to be a total mess by early next year. And the question now is, does it become so dangerous internationally that you have a real challenge, uh, literally in terms of survival? I mean, that's not too strong a word. You end up with a Russian-Chinese coalition taking us on, and I'm not at all sure we can win. Well, I mean, I think there's been two loud voices now for the last number of years that have have very articulately and rightly discussed the 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 biggest geopolitical foe we have and that of course is china now i'm not i'm not underestimating russia in this equation or the iranian mullahs or even kim jong-un you know that they're hostile regimes uh, to the united states and the only way to deal with hostility on the world stage i believe is through strength but I do believe now more than ever that that China is actively trying to emerge as the world leader, uh, surpassing the United States in all things and creating an unholy alliance with Russia and Iran is probably the most frightening development I've seen since World War Two. You're the historian. Well, I think, you know, I look, I think you're right. And there was just an announcement yesterday that the Chinese and the Russians are going to jointly develop an artificial intelligence battlefield uh, in which they hope to uh, literally be in a position to uh, dominate the battlefield against the Americans. And the Russians have some things they do really, really well. They're, they're not as big a threat as the Chinese. But remember, they have 5,000 nuclear weapons, uh, and they're very aggressive tactically. Uh, you'll notice that they supported Belarus in uh, forcing down the commercial airliner the other day. Uh, they are uh, still in uh, Ukraine and eastern Ukraine. Uh, they are constantly aggressively pushing. And if you take Chinese production and the Chinese economy and Chinese science and you add it to Russian military capabilities and Russia's very intense investment in things like artificial intelligence, I just think the combination of the two, there, there is a point where numbers annihilate. The U.S. Navy is now smaller than the Chinese Navy. Uh, 
the two countries have an ability to cooperate so that Russia can be threatening in one zone while China threatens in another zone. We currently don't have the capacity to deal with that. And we need to understand that now before you end up in a truly uh, disastrous environment. Let me talk about the political side of this. Earlier in the program, we had on Nigel Farage and C.L. Bryant. And Nigel, I like Nigel a lot, and he's a fighter, you know, ever since Brexit passed across the pond. It took him four and a half years to, to finally get it implemented and get that accomplished and over the finish line. And, and he's doing this tour about, you know, America's comeback tour, and he's saying, okay, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Pick yourself up. Stop being angry and demoralized. Dust yourself off. The battle for liberty and freedom never ends. And freedom's but one generation away from extinction. And I quoted that to him. And the reality is you have been able, there's three waves of, of conservatism in the modern era. And that's Reagan, you, and Donald Trump. And the reality is they can be a fourth wave or or re-engagement of the third wave, whichever way you want to describe it. But it's based on an agenda that's got to be the Make America First, uh, Make America Great America First agenda. I think it's simple. I don't think it's complicated. Well, look, I, I am actually an optimist. If, if the Biden administration doesn't cripple the United States internationally, we will win a huge election in 22, and we will win in 24, because these people are so far to the left, they're alienating so many Americans. Look, I just saw a survey this morning. 72% of African Americans favor school choice. Now, that tells you that the entire Democratic Party coalition is starting to break up. Uh, and I think that's what we're up against, is, is that we need to get through the next year and, and then the next two years after that in terms of foreign policy uh, by, frankly, trying to find ways to limit the ability of the Biden administration uh, to cause trouble and to weaken the U.S. and the world. And that, uh, that's what I worry about most. Domestically, we're going to beat them. Uh, people think that the idea that we're systemically racist is crazy. They think that having their children brainwashed is infuriating. Uh, they are uh, against policies that raise the price of gasoline. Uh, and they realize that the the hidden Biden taxes of inflation uh, are going to lower the standard of living of virtually every American. So I, I think we do have a chance here, much like Reagan uh, in 1980. Now, Reagan comes along, and all of a sudden people figure out that Jimmy Carter really is a disaster. And the result is Reagan, who looked like he couldn't win in 79, wins the largest electoral college victory against an incumbent president in American history. Uh, and it's because people just reached a judgment. And the judgment was, Carter can't get the job done. My life's going to get worse. Uh, and I need to be in a position to uh, protect myself. And the only way you could protect yourself was to fire Carter. You know, we had a caller in the last half hour, a very interesting call, and, and talking about the wide appeal of socialism and everything's free. You know, and our dear friend who we miss, Rush, you know, I had a great line about this. It's hard to compete with Santa Claus. But, and I said, it's going to take people thinking and getting an inch below the surface before you realize that the promises of Obamacare failed, Medicare, Social Security are bankrupt, states can't educate our kids as colossal failure, and, and they can't even maintain simple law and order. So why would you believe all these other new promises? But the reality well, is there is truth. Competing against everything's free, 
it's, it sounds good to many people. Yeah, until they begin to realize that, first of all, it's not free. Uh, particularly young people need to realize in their lifetime with compound interest how much they're going to have to pay because of the debt that Biden is leaving them. This is, this is, this is a Santa Claus who uses your credit card and uses your credit card at compound interest, but would like you to like him until the credit card comes due. Yeah. And, remember, and remember one other thing, too. That's a, These are all great points you're making. And, you know, socialism is great, Margaret Thatcher said, until you run out of other people's money. And, um, all right, Mr. Speaker, we'll have you back again, as always. Okay. Oh, by the way, don't Good forget, you, you. your podcast, if people want to hear it, how do they find it? I just go to Gingrich 360, and uh, I think also I'm going to be with you tonight. Uh, okay, awesome. Mr. Speaker, we'll see you tonight, 9 Eastern on Hannity right. Fox News. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in uh, just a couple of minutes here. Um, now, Linda has cut me out of all things social media. I do not have access to my own Twitter account. I have no access to Facebook. I have no access to Instagram. None whatsoever. I don't even know the passwords of any of You them. are welcome. Okay. Now, if I want something posted, like yesterday, I put up a picture of Joe's Sippy Cup uh, that somebody on uh, my TV staff had, had custom made and purchased. We should tweet that out again today because it was very funny. Uh, I, have to, I have to grant permission and my handlers have to handle it because they, they don't think it's good for me to be involved in these late night Twitter wars, which I used to enjoy, but became a full-time job with, you know, Alec Baldwin and, and people like Jimmy Kimmel. Um, but there's so much funny stuff. Sweet baby James today, and I, I know he shared it with you, Linda, came across this TikTok. I didn't even... Hold I, I on, I'm interrupting. First of all, I sent what? this guy to you a month ago. Okay. And he was doing a Trump impersonation. Why are you which being is so fantastic. defensive here? Why? I'm very defensive. I want credit. Okay, okay. I had well, it first. You said it a month ago. I didn't recognize it till today. It's a different one today. He puts new ones out all the time. Anyways, proceed. Okay, so this guy now, now young people love TikTok, and I got to be honest, it's funny as hell. And and you know everybody thinks I don't have the hypersensitivity of of all of my colleagues in the in the media or on TV or whatever. I just don't give a flying rip. I don't give a shift when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this. People making fun of me. As a matter of fact, I actually find some of it hilarious and I laugh. And you guys like to send it to James to show me because I don't have access to anything anymore. Um, the funny stuff. And what do I usually do? I usually laugh at it. If it's well done and it's funny, I love funny. Chris Rock was right last week, but not nothing's funny anymore. These these late night shows suck. They just suck because they're not funny. I don't care if they slant left, but be funny. And, and they're so afraid. Everybody's so afraid. This guy does this impression of Biden. I, I had tears in my eye. Let's play it. What's his name? Austin. How do you say Austin Nasso. Nasso. Okay, Austin Nasso on TikTok. Go ahead. I remember when I was just a little boy. The year was 1901. I was this big. I remember I would lived in a two-by-four, and I would ride this little snail to work. I would deliver newspapers. And it was an incredible thing. I, I had a friend. He was an aunt. And he told me, he said, Joe, one day you're going to be a man. Come on, look, folks. I remember when I just turned 25, man, the year was 1492. I lived in an eggshell. 
I had a good friend named Popcorn. He was a beetle the size of the moon. And he told me, he said, Joe, you know, one day we're going to get out of this here, this here town, tonsil. And we did, man. It was amazing. He, he would play in my nose hair. And the funny thing is that he does this, and he's got like this a very tired look to this, the whole thing, and he's he's captured it. He's ca- it's, it's better visually. Maybe I'll show this on TV tonight because it's it's just unbelievably hilarious. Very funny. Um, I'll tell you what wasn't funny. Did you see that what was trending on on Twitter? Hitler and Satan. I guess it was uh, whatever Congresswoman's name is uh, made a made some reference. That has gone viral. And and then I'm like looking at all the anti-Semitism and I'm like, this is insanity. I mean, I had numbers. What was it? It was like 17,000 mentions on Twitter um, on like how Hitler was right. Did you see that, Linda? Yeah, the problem is people, we have an entire generation of people that are being told that too, but... There's a lot of people, you know, Ethan and I talk about this a lot with his wife being an educator with the Locke Foundation and, and all that they're trying to do to get people to understand this manipulation of history. And so when you're looking at, you talk about Auschwitz and you talk about Holocaust Here it is. survivors. I found the articles in the New York Post. 17,000 tweet, Hitler was right. Big tech barely reacts. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. I can. I can. You forget where you know where we're located here in New York City. There are people outside of the studios wearing pro-Palestine shirts, and because I had the fortune, the good fortune, to travel with you and, and meet the Prime Minister of Israel and see what Hamas did with all of the money that that country was given, they instead of using it to build infrastructure and electricity and give all of the homes and in their territories water, running water. They built concrete tunnels so that they could get back into Israel and kill them. Remember, I had to help that lady get up the hill. It's like 60, it it's like 60 feet underground. It's unbelievable. But it's horrible. I, and this is what they're taught. Bradley's in Louisiana. Bradley, you're on the Sean Hannity Show. Glad you called, sir. Hey, Sean. I appreciate you having me on. Um, look, you guys are you're nailing it. Um, I wanted to say thanks, first of all. Your staff is Absolutely amazing. And I appreciate you giving giving the microphone to the American people so that they can they can you know fill in some gaps that you may be missing. And I think one of them is that it's so easy and it's so prevalent across the board in the media right now to redefine terms. And what keeps happening, and I've seen it in CNN, MSNBC, every single one of them is redefining terrorism and calling it a conflict between Palestinians and Israelis, and it's not a conflict. That would be like saying domestic violence is just a marriage spat, and that's not what it is. You've got terrorists who are attacking citizens, and we're calling it a conflict. And, and, and I, even to Linda's point just now, you know, you go back to the 1930s and 40s and how we've redefined the perspective in the history books of, of Hitler himself. And, and the tweets that are going on, we've got to stick to the black and white of this is terrorism. It's not a conflict. And I think what makes that really easy, and this leads me to my second point, what makes that really easy in America is that there is an undertone of anti-Semitism that exists. And I think um, even, even just in terms of Christianity and Catholicism across the country in how Christians view 
Judaism. Um, I, think, I, I, I might disagree with you on this point. I think the biggest defenders of Israel are are Christians, and I would and especially, I, I agree with. I, uh, you I know, do. I, I agree now, with now you there are, there are these that. radical white nationalist racist groups that hate uh, people that are Jewish. People they hate people of other races. They hate Catholics. Uh, they they just they have this this whole white nationalist insanity. Um, anti-Semitism is real, but it's on the rise worldwide. Similarly, we have you know a rise in in uh, hate crimes against Asian Americans. And it's happening elsewhere as well. We see a significant now Republicans, to their credit, actually did something right. This was in The Washington Times. They've introduced a resolution today condemning the violence against Israel and Jewish people, linking it to a surge in this poisonous anti-Israeli rhetoric is led by Josh Hawley. Now, Senate Democrats are on the spot because they have been. Their silence has been deafening. Joe's silence, deafening. Chucky's silence, deafening. Nancy's silence, deafening. There's a great fear of the squad uh, among all three of the, the leaders of the Democratic Party because the squad, remember, they're following the new Green Deal agenda of the squad. The, this virulent anti-Semitism is straight from the squad. And, and no, none of the three leaders in the Democratic Party want to take on the squad. And I'm kind of Nancy Pelosi knows she'll be out of speaker. Chuck Schumer's afraid of being primaried by AOC and Biden. I don't think he knows what day of the week it is. So he's going to just do whatever he's told. That's how you're. Yeah, you're 100 percent. There's a silent majority, though. And and the reason the reason I know this um, is because my wife actually lived through the 2014 war in Israel. And her and I work a lot to help uh, to help Israelis, Jews in the diaspora, to make Aliyah. And then I actually work with a lot of Christians and believers to help them understand that Christianity, in its truest form, is a Judaism. You can't separate the two. And so there's a silent majority of Christians, I would say, the, the large swath of Christians across America, who don't fully understand the roots of their Christianity as a result. They don't. I, I, I disagree with that point, because my understanding, the for example, I consider myself a non-denominational Christian, one that wants to be better and get better. Now, you know, I, people have this impression when you say you're a Christian that you're you think you're holier than now. No, you're just saying you want to be a better person and you need forgiveness. And but the fundamentals are, number one, Jesus Christ is Jewish and and, and the founder of the Christian faith and that God's chosen people biblically speaking, were the Jew, are the Jewish people, or in our, now, t- today. Um, and that Jesus' sacrifice and Jesus dying on the cross, rising from the dead, reconciled mankind to God the Father in the hopes that that people can get into, into paradise, which otherwise would have been shut down for everybody because we've all sinned and fallen short. Yeah, that's that. I think that is basic, fundamental Christianity and and what their beliefs are. Linda, you go to a non-denominational church. You won't give me the name of your pastor or the name of the church, but is that what I'll give you the name of my pastor? When? What is it? Right now. His name is is Pastor Tim. Okay, that doesn't mean crap to me, Pastor Tim. And first of all, don't use the word crap. That's nice vernacular when we're talking about my pastor. Okay, your pastor has heard you curse like a. We're not talking about me right now. We're talking about you. Talking. Okay, so you won't give me the name and phone number of your pastor. All right, but the point is, is that 
your understanding in your non-denominational church, because that's what I've always believed. Yeah, you're 100% right, boss. That is exactly what my pastor teaches. Yeah, I mean, and remember, Jesus Christ is, was was Jewish. At, uh, I don't know. I, but this, listen, this is a hatred of mankind. Take let's, let's take all religions out of this for a second. If you believe, as I do, in natural law, and that that we're endowed by our creator, that is very different than rights coming from a government. It's, it's, these are natural rights that are God-given rights. And that, that, that's our framers, our founders, our declaration, et cetera. All right. Now, if you believe that, then we're all created by the same God. And that I believe God puts in every human soul talent. And it's unique to every individual, just like every fingerprint is unique to every individual. And that, that talent, you know, ultimately, in the course of your life, you develop it and bring it to fruition to serve other people. And that, and this, tra- this transcends all races. Every, this is every human being. Now, with the, with the proclivity towards good and evil, that's the curveball. And that, that's, where, that's where choice comes in for the individual. And that you get to choose between good and evil all throughout your life. You're going to be making choices. You make the right choices, you benefit from right choices. You make the wrong choices, you pay the price. I've made wrong choices at times in my life, and I regret it. I know, you know, I've always known I've had a conscience. What makes me aware when I know I'm doing something wrong? Well, there's something inside my, my, my soul, if we're mind, body, and spirit, that tells me what I'm doing is wrong. Does that, make, that, does that add up to you? Because you're, you're, you're saying something entirely differently. You don't think Christians have that belief. I do believe that they do. No, I, I no, you're you're spot on. But what you're saying right now is that is as much as Christians across the board say that that's what they believe, there are still undertones, and there's a majority of Christians who they will say something as simple as this, right? That because of the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross, and through um, and through the Passover sacrifice of of what Christians call Easter, that the law has been abolished and grace now is is applied but jesus himself said in matthew 5 that he did not come to abolish the law but to fulfill it and all i'm saying is that because christians don't understand that christianity is a judaism meaning that in order for christianity to, to be true and jesus to have not been a liar then it has to be the same god and the same laws that were applied through the old testament were fulfilled in his sacrifice, in his personhood. And so I feel like we're getting deep into apologetics here. You know, I'm probably the wrong person, but I I just like to keep it simple. We know what's right. We know what's wrong. Make the right choices. You know, follow the golden rule. I'll even break it down more simply. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and your neighbor as yourself. Treat people as you want to be treated. It's that simple. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. The origins of the Wuhan virology virus, which now all evidence appears to point there. Why no interest by Joe and his administration? Joey may be tired. And also, is the media going to admit that they lied about this, like everything else? Anyway, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Kaylee McEnany. We'll check in with Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, Dan Bongino, the great one, Mark Levin, and Leo 2.0 Terrell. That's all happening tonight, 9 Eastern, Hannity, Fox News, Set Your DVR. We'll see you then back here tomorrow. Thanks for being with us.